morning. I worked in the oil and gas business for 44 years, and all but a year and a half of that was spent in association with the electrical craft, the electrical trade. And about five years before I retired, <clears throat> since I had so much experience, I was asked to go up and uh, more or less do an investigation on a, an electrical arc flash incident at one of our plants in southwest Kansas. So, of course, I, I accepted the, the challenge to go up and do that. And when I got there, what this had to do with was something very similar to this right here. That's a three-phase, 480-volt rated feeder breaker. And when I looked at it, it was turned off, and there had been an arc flash incident. So I looked at that, and there's a very unusual set of circumstances. Of course, this is not any technical lesson by no means, but a little bit I want to go through is technical because it illustrates a very, very important concept that I'd like for us to talk about this morning. A breaker is set up to where hot power comes in on the top three lugs, and then you have three lugs on the bottom that go out to whatever it's feeding. When that's turned off, this is hot, this is not. When you turn this on, this is hot, this is hot. When I went there and looked at that, this was the condition of that breaker. But they had come in and needed to take that feeder loose from this. And when they did, they had an arc flash incident. They got two of those conductors together and it flashed. And you think, it's turned off, it's not supposed to be. But what had happened there was a very unusual case of what is called a bottom feed breaker. As a matter of fact, in all my 44 years, it's the only one I ever uh, ran into being a bottom feed breaker. So it worked just the opposite. When it's turned on, bottom's hot, top's hot. When it's off, the bottom is still hot. And those technicians, though they were very good, solid technicians, very safety conscious, and knew their business very well technically, they had an art class incident. And one of the things I gleaned from that is the, there was a word that was uh, brought up in that, though they knew all of this, they were complacent, and more important than that, they were not vigilant to look at the situation, it being dangerous. Because vigilance has a definition that says be watchful or alert for danger or some other kind of trouble. They weren't alert and aware of the danger to the degree they should have or they would have understood that that thing was actually wired in a different configuration. Now what I would like for us to talk about a little bit, because we're going to be uh, talking about vigilance a lot this morning. I'd like for us to talk about some of the synonyms that help us to kind of get a, a good grasp of what vigilance is. It's being attentive, aware, cautious, keen, observant, wary. And of course, as the definition we just uh, went through tells us, being watchful and alert. Now let's contrast that with some of the anonyms of what it's not. 
It's not careless, being inattentive, being indifferent, rash, unaware. That was the case here, unaware. Thoughtlessness. And you know, we, we take vigilance very serious when we talk about uh, a lot of the areas of our life, everyday lives. And one of them is very, very important to us because it doesn't take but just reading and listening to the news a few minutes of the number of accidents and fatalities in this area because of the, the nature of our business and activity levels that has a lot of truck and vehicle uh, traffic. And boy, you have to be vigilant when you're doing that, when you're driving. And that doesn't matter if you're just running down to the store. There was a, 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 a fatality yesterday out here of something just like this happening. And then, of course, out in the oil patch, you hear of uh, trucks having head-ons and so forth. But we need to be vigilant when we're driving, and we all know that. We're very vigilant when it comes to our children and their safety, aren't we? Whether it's at home, at school, in, at the playground, wherever it may be, we stay very vigilant to make sure they're safe. And the same thing in workplace safety where we work in uh, school, schools and so forth. And, and uh, one that we do very infrequently is a lot of times when we have rain, rainstorms and rain clouds that may have lightning and maybe some tornadic activity, wind, we need to be vigilant when it comes to the weather. And though these are an integral part of our everyday lives, there's no doubt about that, the uh, more important subject I would like for us to consider this morning is what does it mean to be spiritually vigilant? This is extremely important to us. One of the things when we consider spiritual uh, vigilance, we got to know who the enemy is. We got to know what are we, what's the dangers. We need to be aware of Satan's presence, his tactics, and his traps. That's the enemy. Satan's the enemy, and he throws a lot of things at us, doesn't he? 1 Peter 5.8 says, Be sober, vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, our enemy, he walks around as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. He's after us. And he has bad intentions. Matthew 7.15 says, Watch out for false prophets, messengers of, of, of Satan. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. They want to do harm as well. I don't know if uh, any of you has ever paid any attention to it. I think it's a, a very hokey advertisement on TV. They have this wolf walking around a hospital and it's got a, a kind of a sheepskin laid on top of him where you can tell it's a wolf. It has to do with representing the flu can be uh, disguised and so forth. But I looked at that and I think, I don't think our enemy will make itself that obvious to it. We have to discover that ourselves. 2 Corinthians 2.11, this says, We cannot have Satan outwit us. 
for we are not unaware of his schemes. Satan is constantly scheming against the Lord's people, us. I'd like to read a uh, an excerpt from a, a book by Charles Swindoll. It's called One Step Forward. And listen to this closely. And the only reason I bring this up is this is by no means the only scheme that he has, but it does illustrate how crafty this is. It says, Some people fall into temptation, but a great many make plans for disaster ahead of time. Son ordered the father, Don't swim in the canal. Okay, Daddy answered. But he came home later carrying a wet bathing suit that evening. Where have you been? demanded the father. Swimming in the canal, answered the boy. Didn't I tell you not to swim there? asked the father. Yes, sir, answered the boy. Why did you? Well, daddy explained, I had my bathing suit with me and I couldn't resist the temptation. Well, why did you take your bathing suit with you? he questioned. So I'd be prepared to swim in case I was tempted. <laughs> so, you know, I've been uh, in a position more than I'd like to admit in times past of getting, getting in a position where you know this is not good and a lot of times it turned out it wasn't good being aware that I was in the wrong place. And there's things that can happen to us in that way and we need to resist that allurement of I think I, I want to get close to that and I'm probably going to give in to it. And if you do that, you, you better step back because there's usually got a, a bad outcome on that, doesn't it? We need to know that Satan uses temptations. We're all very aware of that. Allurements. Sure does. And distractions. And he uses these to disrupt or interrupt our spiritual walk with the Lord. So when that kind of stuff is thrown at us, we need to be vigilant and be careful. 1 John 2, 15 through 17 says, and it's a well-known passage, but I think it is very self-explanatory. Do not love the world or anything in the world. And both sometimes it's hard not to love the world, isn't it? If anyone loves the world, love of the Father is, is not in them. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life comes not from the Father, but from the world. The world and its desires, what does it do? Passes away, but whoever does the will of God lives forever. Very positive message there. But it's a message telling us to be vigilant of these things that can be thrown at us by Satan. I found a, a recent survey, and it was by a periodical called the Disciples' Journal. And it, it, it's fairly recent, being recent of uh, some years back, but it, not back in the dark ages by no means. But it says the top nine spiritual challenges of the day. Materialism, pride, self-centeredness, laziness, 
anger, bitterness. And when this was done, probably more prevalent today than ever, ever in our lifetimes is hatred. Hating people. And then, of course, sexual lust that's been there from the beginning. Envy, gluttony, lying. So we can say, well, I've got a pretty good handle on those nine, but guess what? It's not just nine things we have to be concerned about when Satan's trying to attack us, is it? There is, uh, I'm just going to give three examples of the many, many listings of things that we are told as Christians to be aware of and, or be, not be a part of. Like in 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 5, there's 20 items listed there for us to be aware of that Satan uses against us. In Galatians 5, 19 through 21, there's 16. In Romans 1, 29 through 31, there's 21. And on and on. There's a lot of things out there that can tempt us, allure us, and distract us if we're not careful and we're not vigilant. And then there's a phrase in 1 Timothy 1 in the passage of 8 through 11 that has a, several things uh, listed there that we need to be aware of and that can attack us. And there's a phrase that we really need to think about. And it says, And whatever else is contrary to sound doctrine. So if we... It says sound doctrine. We need to know what sound doctrine is. And that's where study, prayer, and being together helps us to grow in that area. So we pretty well established that the enemy, of course, is Satan. And when we think of some of the things that he's called, I think we can see he's an adversary and we need to be vigilant and making sure when he throws things at us, we're prepared for it. He's called a roaring lion. Roaring lions usually have bad intentions, don't they? Then we've already talked about ferocious wolves. Same thing. A disguiser. He sometimes disguises himself as what? An angel of light. And of course, the wolf in sheep's clothing as well. A disguise. We have to be careful. We need to be vigilant. The father of lies. Accuser of the brethren. The old serpent. The deceiver. So, he's out there. We need to be aware, uh, once again, of his presence, his tactics, and his traps. And we do that by being vigilant. Now, by being vigilant, there's a lot of things that can help us in attaining that vigilance we seek. We need to be steadfast in our faith and our calling. And we need to, of course, resist Him. James 4, 7 and 8 reads, Submit yourselves then to God. Not to ourselves, not to Satan, but to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. We've heard, we hear that so many times and I, I just don't want us and want myself to become complacent when we hear that, not to take to heart what it says. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. More importantly, come near to God and he will come near to you. There's our sanctuary right there. 
Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Matthew 26.41 says, Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. Prayer is a big, big part of us being vigilant. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. So, we need to be prayer warriors. And that's together, personally, and for our families, and for everyone. 1 Peter 5.9 says, and this is speaking of Satan, Resist Satan, be steadfast in the faith knowing that the same afflictions are accompanied in your brethren that are in the world. We're not in this fight alone, are we? This is something common to all of the Christians because Satan wants each and every Christian to fall away. He goes after all of us. But we are not powerless in our fight with Satan by no means, are we? No way. Because there's several things we can do to be strengthened and to be more vigilant in our walk with the Lord. One is, be submissive to God and praise Him continually. God is our master. We don't want Satan to become any part of being a master for us. We need to praise God for all of His good things that He gives to us. We need to worship Jesus and know Jesus intimately. Galatians 5.24 reads, Those who belong to Jesus Christ have crucified the sinful nature with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. So we've got God the Father, God the Son, and God the Spirit on our side. We will win. We will be victorious. Knowing Jesus means several things. Knowing Him means knowing His power, absolute power. Satan's powerless against Jesus. Knowing His authority. There is no other authority we need to live under than Jesus' authority spiritually. And we need to make sure we know that Jesus, His might over every creature and angels on the earth and in heaven is there, it's genuine, and it's 100%. That He is mighty. And in, in, in summation to, to, to who Christ is, death and the devil have no power, zero power over our Lord Jesus. And I, aren't we thankful for that? Absolutely. Another element that can really help us in our uh, walk to be vigilant and to serve the Lord is in our fight against the devil, 1 Thessalonians 5.17 tells us, pray continually. Some versions say pray without ceasing. And we all know, and I know this whole congregation places extremely amount of, uh, 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 that there's power in prayer for one another, for ourselves. And we are people of prayer, praying to God. And we can do that any time and all the time that we want to. And we have the freedom to do that. And we know we can depend on the power of prayer because we see it exercised all the time, don't we?
<clears throat> another thing we have, we've got the Godhead, we've got prayer. There's another thing we have is each other. And boy, I look out over this, this, this crowd today, and my heart swells with love for this brotherhood that we've got each other, and I know how much we love each other. And that's fantastic, brothers. As Christians, let us stand together in unity. Ecclesiastes has a verse that I really, really like. It says, though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. There's power in numbers, isn't there? And a cord of three strands is not quickly broken. And uh, I think all of us have, have, have paid attention to that before on twine, uh, a rope, or whatever the case may be, uh, that one, one little strand by itself is not very powerful, but boy, you put a bunch of them together, it's extremely strong, isn't it? And that's what we are. We're strands in that rope together. You know, uh, anybody that knows me, I, I think you know I love ob object lessons. And I was uh, one day uh, sitting there and I was looking at, a, a, I'll show it to you in a minute, a, a piece of, of wire. And I'm thinking, boy, that's a good illustration of something. I ought to try to, to convey that one of these days. So I would like to do that right now. Here's a little small section of what's called ACSR. And that stands for aluminum cable still reinforced. This is the type of overhead conductors that if you look out here, you can walk out the door and see it over there. That's what's on the overhead lines. It sets on uh, insulators and it can go hundreds of feet at a time. And that, that's... Uh, Aluminum cable still reinforced. And when I looked at that, I thought, well, there's seven strands of aluminum right here. And that, that's really good, but one strand by itself, it can do something, but it's limited, right? You add seven, uh, six more strands, and you've got seven of them. And that is really good, and it does a lot of good, and that... The, that, the numbers there together, very, very good. But guess what? These strands here of aluminum, the ductile strength of that aluminum is not very good. It's sure not for one, and it, it's not really good for seven total. And it would not stay together if you string this several hundred feet on the line out there. What makes this strong is... That right there. It's that steel strand in the middle. And it gives this, that steel reinforcement gives it its strength. And I, th I was thinking, that kind of reminds me of us a little bit. This is us. We can do some things, but we, we're limited. You add a whole bunch of more strands, more people in the congregation, you can do quite a bit. But where do we get our strength from? We get it from, from, from Jesus. He is our strength. He's that's what holds all this together and makes it strong. He's what makes us strong as His people. And I just, I just love the concept of the brotherhood and that we are, can help one another and we can be strong, but that strength 
is, is a, a pair of, uh, uh, it's uh, the strength of Jesus is what binds that together and makes the total strong. And I just love that concept. Therefore, we're not in this by ourselves, are we? We're in it together with Jesus. Now I'm going to pull a, a dug on you here. This is one of my favorite verses. And, and in all honesty, I'm like, Doug, i got several favorite verses, as do we all. But this right here is one of the most encouraging passages. It's, it's a fairly lengthy reading, but it's one of the most encouraging passages that I think we can go to when it tells us that we're not in our fight against Satan by ourselves. There's a lot of things that aid us in that battle. And it's Ephesians 6, 10 through 18. We all know this. It's the armor of God. And I like the powerful message of this verse. Finally, be strong in the Lord. That's power. And His mighty power. Put on the full armor of God. Why do we want to put on the full armor of God? So that you can take your stand against what? The devil's schemes. Once again, we're back to who's our enemy? What's he trying to do to us? He's trying to distract us. He's trying to get us to get sidetracked. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, and against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realm. That's the enemy. Therefore, put on the full armor of God. I love, I love that full armor. So that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. Boy, isn't that an encouraging st statement. And after you have done everything, to stand. Therefore, it says it again. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, the breastplate of righteousness in place, and your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Does he shoot arrows at us every day? Absolutely. But we can defend ourselves because we've got God, we've got Jesus, we've got the Spirit helping us to fight against him. And we've got each other to encourage one another. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions. We talked about how important prayer was just a while ago, and it tells us that again. Pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. And we do this, don't we, all the time. We praise God, but we ask him for things, and God hears and answers prayers. With this in mind, be alert. Vigilance. And always keep on praying. That helps us to stay vigilant for all the Lord's people. So yes, we're in a fight. And Satan's out there and he's shooting arrows at us. He's trying to get us sidetracked. He's using schemes, deceptions, and about everything negative you can think of. But at the end of the day, when we're in Christ... The victory is in Jesus. And that's where we are and where we place all of our hopes 
and uh, the, the dreams of being with, with God in eternity is through Jesus Christ. And he's the strength. He's the power. And He definitely has defeated Satan. And if we stand with Him, we can defeat Satan as well. We would like to uh, have an invitation at this time for anyone that might want to come forward with the need that uh, we can pray for you or help you in any way possible. And we would ask that anybody with that, with a need, would come forward as Brett leads us in singing.